What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Come At Me, Bro. This is episode 22, and I am one of your hosts, Joey, joined alongside Drew. It's March Madness, baby! And Tyler. I've already made 25 brackets. Uh, I think one of them are going to win. I don't know about you guys, but (laughs) at least one of those 25 brackets are going to win. 25 brackets. I mean, how how do you even go about that? Do you do some randomly, or you just do everything the way it's coming to your head? Uh, I calculate everything with precise. I look at all the teams. I look at their records. I look at who they've played against. I mean, I might as well decide the final 68. I mean, that's how de- in-depth I go, and yet every one of those brackets will bust except for one. And then I have my son, Leo, who picks them, and he wins it, so... Who knows how, I mean, I let him decide pretty much. Okay, I've got to ask, how do you go about Leo picking it? Uh, he blinks once. If he likes a team, blinks <laughs> twice. He likes the other team. And if he starts crying for one of the teams, then I know that's a definite like bust. Like, don't pick that team. Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's clutch. Drew, how many brackets have you made so far? I have not made any yet, um, but I'll probably be making one shortly after we're done here. It'll be my initial bracket, and then I'll make like 37 more before it all starts. I'll make 26 you guys really while make we're that going many right brackets now. every year? Huh? Well, so I'll I'll go to any of the sites that have a free uh, free bracket challenge that promises either random prizes or a price for getting the winning bracket just to have a chance. Um, and then, like in our group, I'll make two or three. Um, so I'll I'll make a few on each site just to to give myself better odds at maybe winning a prize. But I always print one off and write in my picks, and that is my main bracket. Like the others are great if I win something or do well with them, but I print one off that I track everything on that is my choices and what I hope does well. Like an old school gentleman, just love writing a good down. printed bracket. <laughs> Last year I had the I had my picks and I had a blank one and I filled it in as games happened so I could you know put them side That's by cheating. side. Yeah, I like the whole printed bracket thing too, but I feel like I also like the auto so. calculating for points in the groups. So like it's fun to follow along with the printed bracket, but I don't want to be the commissioner that does all printed brackets, which is what we used to do a few years ago, and that is just way way too much in my opinion. Yeah, if you do printed brackets, I mean, that's what my dad does. He doesn't know how to use use ESPN or CBS or whatever the other Yahoo Sports or the 15 other websites you do it. Right. But he, like, we have to we have to literally scan it, and then he just, like, checks it off. And it's mostly because he's just retired, and he has nothing else to do with his life other than garden and coach. So um, it keeps him busy, as they like to say. Good course, times, makes, good he, times. Of course, he makes mistakes on the way, too, but whatever. Um so I just want to bring up one thing before we dive into the brackets. Is anyone excited for LeBron not to be in the playoffs? I am definitely not. I feel like LeBron, no matter what team he's on, no matter what teammates he's with, he brings a lot of energy to the playoffs. And he always has the X factor where he can pull a crazy upset no matter who he's against. So missing that out of the playoffs from the start, is just I don't really feel like it's going to help the NBA grow in ratings either. Almost the ratings, I agree, but I really think, I mean, it opens up to every team for themselves. I mean, we, yes, LeBron gives you an X factor, but at the same time, like, Golden State's still going to be Golden State, but I feel like with these other teams, without LeBron in the mix, now it kind of opens up the field for anybody to take anybody on, and there's not that 
X factor. So I'm kind of I'm a little bit excited not to see LeBron there, and it, it is probably going to hurt ratings a little bit. LeBron's not in there because there are a lot of LeBron fans out there. Um, but I think seeing the Eastern Conference play out, seeing Milwaukee, I think do well. Seeing we'll see if Boston rallies together and maybe put something together. Um, but the West is going to be fun to watch as well with a lot of good teams. So I just wanted to throw that two cents in there. Sweet. And with that, let's head right into the bracket. Drew, you want to kick us off with the East region? With the East region. All right. Uh, well, actually, this is one of the regions I was really excited about to see. Um, so every year I always feel like there's a very deserving uh, bubble team, mid-major team or something that doesn't make it in. And so I was really excited to see Belmont make it into this bracket um, before I go, go into overall number one seed and such. Um, Belmont lost to Murray State in the OVC uh, championship game. Uh, they're always a very competitive team. They had several really good wins this year. They only lost, I think, four games, which is hard to do no matter what, uh, what conference you're in. So it really made me excited to see them in there. It's the first year that I haven't been angry at the uh, – at the committee for leaving a team out. I know there's other people who are angry about this team or that team, but I'm really excited they're there. Um, so not surprisingly, Duke is the overall number one team uh, in the entire bracket. Obviously, that makes them the number one team in, in the East. Uh, I don't think anyone's shocked by this. Uh, I know they've had their ups and downs, but they've, they've won big against big teams, uh, especially when they've had Zion. Uh, there's no doubting they've got the talent and the ability to just run the floor with any of these teams in this bracket. I don't care which team they are, which seed they are. Um, so it's, it's not a shock to me to see them as the number one. Uh, Michigan State coming in as their number two. That's a that's going to set up a really, really great Elite Eight matchup if they both make it there. Uh, seeing Michigan State uh, handle Michigan like they did today in the uh, Big Ten Championship. I don't know if either of y'all got to watch that. Uh, it was, did anybody it was see the guy break his leg? No. Oh yeah, I didn't see it happen. I saw him come back out though. I wanted to see the replay. I don't. I don't know how he broke it. I wanted to see like what like if the guy just got like if he got tripped up. If I don't know what happened, but everyone was crying and Michigan State was crying, and I was like, yeah, he's probably done for the year. Like, come on. And so they rallied behind it. And Michigan State won. I don't think it was a very impressive. I mean, Michigan State did score the last ten points to go up by two and win the game. Um, but it was a very emotionally charged game. And I think, I mean, believe it or not, I think Michigan State is going to get to the Sweet 16 and then they're going to lose to Yale. Fun fact. I don't even think they make it that far. I think they're going to lose to Louisville. If no, Louisville's terrible. Louisville could lose to Minnesota. You never know. Yeah. I, I don't so, think so. I, Louisville's so. one of those teams that loses to teams they shouldn't, but they also beat teams that they shouldn't. And I feel like they could pull the upset. So, wait, I need to revisit something Tyler just said, though. So, Tyler, you've got Yale knocking off the three-seed LSU? Absolutely. I like the way you think. I was already thinking the same thing when I was uh, thinking of who my picks were going to be. They're, they're team, kind of in chaos over there. If you're if you're in the SEC and you're not Tennessee or not Kentucky, you shouldn't be in the bracket. Like, you just hmm. shouldn't be in there. And so, LSU... Forget about them. I could care less. I'm not even going to click on them to see where they, if they were ranked in the top 25. Um, I'm sure they were, but you play in the SEC. All you have is Kentucky and Tennessee. Alabama's garbage. I can't even think of another. Mississippi State, they're blah. Ole Miss, they're blah. Um, just like as I sound right now, blah. Uh, they, to me, it's Tennessee and Kentucky, and Tennessee's going to have the biggest 
I think, road to victory. But we'll, we'll get to there eventually. Um, another team, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Drew, but another team I'm excited to watch but has the ability to choke and is known for choking is uh, your Gobble Gobbles Virginia Tech Hokies, who huh. finally have their supposedly number one player back, who I've never even seen play, but I'm guessing he'll be a difference maker on the court, I hope. Um, and so I have them playing eventually against Duke uh, in the Sweet 16. Agree, disagree? Uh, somewhat agree. I definitely think they'll handle St. Louis. Um, but I would be interested to see them playing against Liberty because I think Liberty is going to handle Mississippi State. Um, like you said, they're, they're not a bad team. They definitely deserve to be in the tournament. But I, I think Liberty's going to uh, surprise them. So it would be interesting to see Virginia Tech and Liberty. Liberty's a team that could... Uh, Surprise a lot of people, but a, a Duke-Virginia Tech rematch in the Sweet 16 would be a lot of fun. There'd be a lot of good drama around that, a lot of that that ACC, you know, where Virginia Tech did beat Duke earlier in the year. Granted, they didn't have Zion, but it's still knocking off Duke was a big deal for them, and it could be fun to see them try to do that again on the stage that matters. So I do want to jump back for a minute because all three of us actually have Yale in our preliminaries at the moment. Who did they beat last year? And weren't they like a 12 seed with an upset last year in the first round as well? Who was this? Yale. Didn't they pull a big upset last year in the bottom left bracket? Lord, I don't know. You're uh, you're asking the, the hard questions today. Okay, um, we can move on and I'll look it up. Before the show. Fact check complete. It was 2016. Yale was a number 12 seed and took the win over number five Baylor, 79-75. Yeah, you know what? Now that you say that, I just saw the thing earlier today where they were interviewing Torin Prince after the game, one of the Baylor's players, and they asked him how Yale managed to out-rebound them. And he said, well, when you you go up and you grab the ball coming down with both hands, uh, that's a rebound. (laughs) <laughs> and they did more of those than we did. <laughs> like, oh, he was boy. not having the stupid questions after the game. And I had forgotten about that interview until I saw it today on the Twitters. And it made me laugh all over again. I mean, it just really looks like this matchup is being set up for a similar one here. I mean, conference-wise, they both look pretty decently. Points per game, they're right around the same average. But like you guys said, LSU 5-7 and seven in their last couple games, while Yale has been playing well. The level of opponents that LSU plays is probably a little better overall, but I'm really liking this Yale team for an upset as well. That's one of the things that makes March Madness so great is it's it's one game. You know They don't have to be able right. to beat LSU-caliber teams over and over and over again. It's beating them one time. And with their coach uh, still wanted by the FBI, um, mm-hmm. there's a major distraction there in LSU, and I think Yale can, can take advantage of that. Plus, the thing that's been cracking me up on Twitter, there's a guy I follow who's a, a Cowboys reporter, but he's an LSU grad, so he's all about them Tigers. And he's just retweeting all these things about the culture clash that is the good old boys in LSU and the the you know the lawyer types at Yale. And oh, it's it's really funny and it's really sad how kind of like how they view them. It's 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 funny to me. Um, I'm trying to think, if there's anything else in this particular side of the bracket. Um, that I'm really interested in. I, I think there's a couple really good upsets in the making. Yale is one of them. Uh, I think Belmont could take down Temple and Maryland both. Um, and I think Liberty can pull off an upset. But the rest of it, I think, is going to be pretty chalky, uh, at least until the Sweet 16. And it'll be interesting to see if we get some fun matches out of here for either Duke or Michigan State, who have both, uh, both have some history of underachieving when they get to the tournament. Maryland's a young, fiery team, and they, they're they the fourth youngest in the tournament. And uh, 
they've held themselves up pretty well in the um, in the Big Ten, and so I'm I'm a little hesitant with Maryland. Like I, I think they're gonna flop either to to Belmont or Yale, but um, if they can if they can beat Belmont and Yale, they have all they have the they have the best shot of beating Michigan State and then Duke in that East side um, because they've played Michigan State twice. Um, they've they've seen them. They can you know. They've seen him playing twice before already, so it it wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if Maryland ended up playing Duke in the Elite Eight. That'd be fun. So, gotta watch out for Maryland too. I mean, the other thing to keep in mind there though is number eleven seeds have won eight of the last twelve meetings with number six seeds in the past three years. Thank you, ESPN, for that fact. Um, and that's huge. I mean, the last three years, big big wins coming in that eleven spot. And we were saying Belmont, but it actually is not decided yet. Is it going to be Belmont or Temple still? It's gonna be Belmont. Most well, likely, you can quote me yeah. <laughs> Most likely, you're gotta give Temple first. a chance though. Anything else you guys want to touch on on the East before we make our way down to the West? Who do y'all think's coming out of here? Dukies. I'm Black taking Duke as well. Yeah, uh, I I like to go for upsets, but I think with with Duke and the way we've seen them, it, it just it's hard to say that they don't come out of this bracket. Someone might challenge them, but I think I think they emerge. You're right. Leader of the Nutcrackers, Ratface Shashevsky. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, I love Shashevsky. He's a cool guy, but he I mean. is still Ratfacey. Okay, stop making fun of the man's face. Let's move down to the West region where we have Tyler's Buffalo team down here. Does Buffalo make it past the first round, Tyler? See, here's the thing. Yes, I think they're going to get it past the first round, but I feel like people are just jumping on the bandwagon that they're going really far. I actually have them in the final four, believe it or not. Um, but... I think a lot of people with what Buffalo has been doing in the the MAC, I believe it's called, um, and just the way their statistics run out, they do what not a lot of teams do. They are excellent on defense and they score points very quickly, and that creates a recipe of greatness when it comes to March Madness. Because if you can have great defense and put points on the board quickly, that gives teams no decision what to whatsoever. Um, to, to whether do we play good defense and try not to let them score quickly or do we try to just put up as many points as possible. Um, and so it the only problem is that they have Texas Tech in the next round. And Texas Tech is very good as well, um, I believe, with this statistic. So it is – I really don't want to see Buffalo exit early, but I think Texas Tech is going to overcome them. And uh, you're going to see Texas Tech actually move just as far, if not farther, what they did last year. Um to the elite eight, I believe, but I really like the Bulls. The Bulls do have something. So, if you have multiple brackets, definitely put Texas Tech and/or Buffalo far into the elite eight at least. I gotta say, I was watching the selection show, and when they showed uh, Buffalo getting chosen, they were saying that this is the highest a team from that conference has been seeded since they expanded the field. The highest before this, it was just an eight. So, for them to be a six seed, uh, it's huge. And I, I agree with you. They're at least definitely going to – they're not going to have any issues with Arizona State or St. John's, but it'll be fun to watch them play Texas Tech. They could push them. So who do you take out of that one, Drew, if it's Texas Tech-Buffalo? I think I'm with Tyler. I think I take Texas Tech. Uh, Buffalo could beat them. It's not a case of it's just going to be impossible. But I, uh, I I think I agree with Tyler that Texas Tech will, will handle that. They've been tested pretty well this year in the Big 12 and – uh, I think they're I think they're keen for an at least elite eight run. There's a fun fact. I mean, Bobby Hurley used to coach 
with Buffalo. So, I mean, he left a great dynasty there to get Buffalo on the map, and he left to go to Arizona State. And so it's pretty funny that they could potentially play if, if they beat St. John's, of course. He could play his you know, former team. So um, that'll definitely make some, some news. But Buffalo should be able to handle either Arizona State or St. John's pretty handedly. We got some other fun matchups up the top here. It's going to be a tight one between Syracuse and Baylor, both teams with a lot of potency that could go decently far if they make it past this one and Gonzaga. Who do you guys like to move out of that round? Neither. I like Gonzaga. I think both. But out teams, of Syracuse, Baylor, you don't run any of them past? Yeah, I don't think either one of them pass because they're just both garbage. Um, and I, I, Syracuse, they've gotten some lucky wins, and that's the only reason why they play in a very good – I mean, they play in the best division. And when you beat – teams in the best division you end up getting on the map um but just looking at Syracuse I don't I could care less about either team actually I mean it's a wash for me I think Hughes will handle Baylor no problem I don't think that's gonna be much of a game uh, I know their seating is eight nine but I think Syracuse is is, is streets ahead of Baylor and they're exactly where they need to be I mean they're both two they're both pretty much two and six or two and seven against top 25 teams um, Baylor's actually ranked BPI a little bit higher than um, than Syracuse, but the RPI, Syracuse is ranked higher. Um, they're both last twelve games are six and six and five and seven, and they're both eight and ten in their conference. And Syracuse has the tougher conference, of course. Um, but you know, if you want to put another factor in, I mean, they're, they're playing in Salt Lake City, so it's more of a travel situation for Syracuse. Yeah. Baylor, not so much, being that they're already you know in the middle of Texas, they don't have to go as far. But you know, it, it to me, it doesn't really matter who wins I think here. Gonzaga is going to take both of them. Yeah, for sure. So I had a funny moment when they were revealing Gonzaga as the one seed here. You know, they show high on the selection show. They show highlights. Well, the second highlight for Gonzaga was from their game against Tennessee, which they lost. And I just thought, out of all the games that they won this year, you couldn't find a highlight. From that, you had to show one of their few losses on the year. Mm-hmm. It, it just made me laugh. I'm like, who's in charge here? It was a great highlight. It was a beautiful corner three from them. But just thinking, that's a game they lost. You should probably not use that one to <laughs> hype them up for the tournament. But yeah, they'll they'll handle Syracuse or Baylor. And, you know, F. Dickinson or Prairie View. I don't even know who F. Dickinson is. I know nothing about that school. Usually I at least recognize all of them. That is a new one for me. Um, but once they get past that second round, uh, depending on who, who moves through there, I definitely can see Gonzaga getting challenged. Um, one, I'm picking Murray state to take out Marquette. I'm all about the OVC. Uh, so am I. Um, but Marquette's been good, uh, but they, they've kept themselves from being great. And I think they're going to keep themselves from being great in the tournament. Um, but I don't see Florida state having any issue with Vermont. And unfortunately, I don't see Florida State having any issue with Murray State. And I think Florida State could actually knock off Gonzaga if they get to meet in the Sweet 16. I'm going with Marquette. I've, I've seen Marquette has, has played a tough, playing a tougher conference. Um, and so that, to me, stands out that they've withstood time uh, a little bit longer than Murray State. Um, and, like, I mean, believe it or not, Marquette, Marquette's beaten Buffalo. They've beaten Wisconsin. They've beaten Louisville. They've one and lost against Villanova. I mean, these are good teams, and so oh, absolutely. So to me, to for I don't think Mar now I don't think Murray State's going to roll over, um, without a doubt. But I think Marquette is withstanded, withstanded time a lot a little bit longer, and with the teams they've played, and so 
Murray State, I, I don't think as as easy as you guys think he, it's gonna they're gonna pass. I like Marquette taking the dub oh. on that one. I'm not gonna I don't say think it's we necessarily gonna be easy. think it's gonna be easy. Yeah, <laughs> but both of you, I mean, both of you saying right off the bat, oh yeah, I got Murray State as the upset. It's like, mm. it's it's something about those five twelves because they seem to statistically happen fairly often, and they're almost always just fun games. Yeah, fun games, and I mean Marquette's gonna win. Right, uh, that'll be one where I co- I bet on uh, whichever team is uh, like the odds. I'll cut. Co- they'll cover. You know, if it's a if it's a five point spread, I think then it'll be you know within five points. I don't think I could bet on a winner in that one, but I think it'll be close enough. Right. I also just really like teams that come into the tournament with a nice win streak working. Murray State on a twelve zero right now. Marquette six and six in their last twelve. So for me, I usually buy into those hot teams. Those teams that did really well at the end of the season, and they usually end up winning me money at the end of the season as well. Huh. So I don't know. I just really like Murray State here. Obviously, Marquette a great team. Tyler made a lot of good points. But for me, my bracket is going to read Murray State. All right, so a little further down, I'm going to go ahead and call another upset. And I'm going to say that Florida takes out Nevada. Um, Nevada's been a pretty decent team all year. Uh, they were very close to – they were almost a top 10. I think they were a top 10 team at some point. Um, but Florida's had some really grindy good games uh, this this year. They, they did really well in the SEC tournament. Um, and I think they're gonna want to show that they're they're all freshmen. Like they're they're three uh, guys in their front court, back court, whatever uh, terms <laughs> are freshmen, and they've only gotten better as the years gone on. So they started off the season a little rough, but I think they're at a good place now, and I think they can handle Nevada no problem. I'm gonna take the reverse there. I'm actually gonna take Nevada to come out. I really like Nevada on both sides of the ball. I think they play well defensively. I think they play well offensively. Uh, at the same point, I just Florida's too young for me. I think hmm. they're gonna take some more time to fill into their shoes. And right now, I like this Nevada team more. Fair enough. I feel like Nevada's always in there, probably because I think they play in a no-name conference. Does anyone know what conference they're in? Uh, I actually don't off the top exactly. of my head know a no-name. So in that case, I could care less about Nevada. I'm going with Florida. As weak as the SEC is, I think Florida, just like Drew says, played a lot of close games. They played Kentucky. They played Tennessee. Um, they only lost to Michigan State by four. Uh, they got destroyed by Florida State, but um, that was at Florida State. So they, I, to me, I think Florida has a better, better chance. The Gators. Sweet, sweet. Anything else to hit on in this one? Who are you guys leaning toward to come out of the West? I'm honestly going to say it's going to be Florida State. Uh, I'm staking my claim on it now. Wow. Wow. That's no way. <laughs> They're good. Florida State I... is not good. Florida State's not going Florida State's not going to come out of that. It's either going to be uh, I will say it's not going to be Gonzaga. It could be anyone else. It will not be Gonzaga. I don't think they're good enough to make it to the final four. I will be taking Michigan to my final four. And see, Michigan made it last year, I believe, correct? Yeah, they, they did, the and I, uh, yeah, I had them in the championship and moved them back to the final four at the last minute, and it really pissed me off. So I am not going to do that this year. I'm going to take them as far as I feel like they should go. And so I like Michigan or Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech went far. No one really knows about Texas Tech. I feel like they're really, no one's really heard about them. They're really under the radar. Um, if you want a really under the radar team to go far, it's going to be Texas Tech. Michigan, they've been there. They've done that. I don't think you can do it again. Uh, don't see Michigan doing it again. Um, so 
Um, to be different, I'll go with Texas Tech. All right. I'm, I don't think that's joking. shocking. Florida State, what a joke. Let's take a shift over to the South. Tyler, what are you looking at for the South region? I'm looking at Virginia actually going far and then playing Tennessee. Um, I think a lot of these are going to play out just the way they are with their seeds. I don't see Oregon upsetting Wisconsin, um, though Oregon did win the Pac-12. That's the reason why they're that seed. Um, I see uh, Virginia and Tennessee playing. I'm excited about Purdue, uh, but I think Tennessee, since you guys have been hyping them up pretty much all year, I'm willing to take Tennessee all the way to the Final Four uh, out of this bracket. Um, I'm excited to see Old Dominion, being that I'm from the 757. Uh, didn't realize that, that they had won the USA Conference, so um, we'll see if they put up against a good fight against Purdue. I think Purdue's definitely a much better, stronger, faster, bigger team than Old Dominion, but you know we've seen we've seen Goliath fall before, so um, I'm interested in that matchup. And uh, the other matchup is the uh, Villanova, see how far Villanova gets. I mean... Losing all their prospects and getting a number six seed, I think it's pretty good. Still being a top of the conference, um, holding strong. It's that shows how good coaching is, and just how uh, you know legacy stands in there, even when they lose a lot of big players. So, Jay Wright definitely knows what's going on. Uh, yeah, but does. I really think Purdue um, and Tennessee, well, I mean Purdue and Tennessee can play each other. I think UVA. Um, they're going to fix what they got incorrect last year, which was get out in the first round. So I like Virginia and Tennessee and Tennessee coming on top. Okay, I think we need to talk about Villanova and St. Mary's. These are two teams that always seem to win their first match of the NCAA tournament, and now they're paired up against each other. A lot of people have high expectations for Villanova after winning, what, two of the last three championships. But then again, St. Mary's just knocked off Gonzaga in their, in their um, conference championship as well. So who do you feel coming out of this particular matchup? This is what I'm going to struggle with in every bracket I make, and I'll probably end up going 50-50. Half the brackets I'll pick Nova, and half of them I'll pick St. Mary's. Um, they showed against Gonzaga that they can beat good teams, um, but Gonzaga is not Villanova, and I think if they were to play each other 10 times, Villanova would win 8 out of 10 of those matchups because... Um, Gonzaga is a particular type of team, and I feel like Villanova is more of a balanced team. It can be what they need to be, and so I think they're going to... I think they'll win against St. Mary's, but St. Mary's has that ability to surprise. So 8 out of 10 times Villanova wins, but this could be one of those two times that St. Mary's is able to pull it off. I don't have to hesitate. Villanova's going to win. I mean, it's, it's a... It, just like we saw against St. Mary's Gonzaga. Gonzaga wins nine times out of ten. St. Mary's wins that one time. They win the conference. Great. Now it's the NCAA tournament. Now it's even a bigger tournament. I mean, no one's looking at the championships unless you're in the ACC, the SEC, or the Big Ten. And so for for St. Mary's, yes, to upset Gonzaga, big whoop. But now it's the big dance. Villanova's going to wipe the floor off St. Mary's. So I have, this is going to be my first of two issues that I'm going to bring up about the committee and uh, what they have done this year with some of their placement. And that is Cincinnati in this bracket. One, Cincinnati as a seven seed is criminal. They should be a five or a six. Um, the way they handled Houston 
today, the way they've played all year, that seven is too low for them. Um, but they're playing in Columbus, Ohio. That is an hour and 45 minutes from Cincinnati. This is a home game um, against Iowa. And then it'll be a home game against Tennessee because Cincinnati is going to beat Iowa. Um, not saying that Tennessee can't beat them. I think Tennessee will beat them. Uh, but to give a team like this that that kind of advantageous placement, it, it seems like one of those things that I don't know how they missed it. Um, I don't know how much that factors into it, but I feel like they try to keep people from at least initially having an advantage. I don't know. But it, it just seems crazy to me that you've got this team that's playing an hour and a half from where they're at, and it's just going to be their gym. Um, and this tournament's supposed to be neutral, and this is not going to be neutral for anyone that has to play them. Um, that being said, like I said, they'll definitely beat Iowa. They're they're criminally underseeded, and that sucks for Iowa, but it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited at the idea of Tennessee playing Purdue in the Sweet 16 and Tennessee playing. Virginia in the Elite Eight. I agree with you, Tyler. I don't think Virginia's going to have any issues with anybody on their side. Maybe Kansas State, who's able to win a share of the regular season title, but Virginia's a more complete team than they are, and, and I don't think they'll struggle until they get to Tennessee, and that is a game that I really want to see. And obviously, as everyone who ever listens to us knows, I'm pulling for Tennessee, but that is a game that I will not feel bad if Tennessee loses it because Virginia is a great team and they've shown that all year and it'll be a fun game. Do either of you think ODU stands a chance against Purdue? Nine times out of ten, Purdue wins. Nine and a Pun- half times ten out of ten. What, what is the phrase, a puncher's chance? Yeah, I mean, you literally got to pull a UMBC. Yeah, you got you to gotta play perfect defense. You got to shoot very, very high... Uh, shooting percentage and you've really got to hope that they they make some mistakes as well uh, if they purdue's come out flat they yeah. can jump on them but i mean purdue's really got to like show up late to the game right. to, as they say yeah and i mean like literally show up late with no one on the floor and like the first five minutes like odu's just trying to score buckets and like purdue's not on the floor like they forgot what time the game started and like mm-hmm. odu's there ready to win and I, yeah, it's going to be tough. But I'm excited to see ODU. Yeah, I think it's cool that they're there. I'm, I'm pumped for them. Yeah, I mean, they definitely earned their spot. They had a great tournament run at the end of the season. And with that, let's head to our last bracket section, the Midwest. Drew, what is sticking out to you in this final region? Uh, I'm not entirely sure what really sticks out to me here. Well, first of all, number one seed is North Carolina. So... Of the four number one seeds, we've got three teams from the ACC. Now, I understand that these are three fantastic teams, and maybe they are three of the best four teams in the country. I don't like that there are three teams from the same conference that are the number one seeds, but that comes down to Tennessee not taking care of business today against Auburn. Uh, That comes down to, or even at the end of the season, against Auburn. Uh, anyway, or, you know, Michigan State and Michigan both having stumbles and the Big 12 just cannibalizing itself. Like, it, I don't think they had much of a choice. Tennessee was the number five overall team that they had listed. So you could make the argument that maybe they should have been in over a Gonzaga or a, uh, a North Carolina, but it is what it is. North Carolina, is there, there are five teams deserving of a one seed, I guess, is really what it comes down to. So Tennessee got to be the, the five. It is what it is. Um, 
I, I think with this one, uh, Kansas as a four seed is kind of crazy to me. I know that they they lost several really good players this year, and they've kind of been stumbling a little bit. But it's another one of those where it, it kind of sucks for those guys that are having to match up with them. Like Northeastern, or yeah, Northeastern does not stand a chance against Kansas. I don't care what kind of off year Kansas is having. This is not a fair matchup at all. This this looks more like a two fifteen or a one sixteen than it does a a four thirteen. And then this is also my other thing about uh, the committee. Uh, you're supposed to be rewarding the one and two seeds uh, for their placement in the bracket as far as that idea of where they're playing at, such as Tennessee being in the South. If they make it to the Sweet 16, they'll be in Louisville. Louisville's pretty close to them. Uh, same for the Elite Eight. It actually is a good middle ground for them in Virginia, I feel like. But uh, you've got Kansas that if they make it to the Sweet 16 to play North Carolina, uh, you know, or, yeah, really North Carolina because none of those other teams are going to even challenge North Carolina. Um, they're going to have to play Kansas in Kansas City. Like, how is that treating the number one seed in this bracket? It, it just seems wrong to me. And again, it's one of those, who was thinking this? Who made these decisions and thought, oh, yeah, let's give this four seed a home game in the Sweet 16. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. It's It's dumb. And that's really the only drama on this side of the bracket. I mean, uh, Wofford might cause some issues for Kentucky because they're a really good team. Um, Auburn could trip up Kansas if those two get to play, and that's if they don't trip themselves against New Mexico State. But otherwise, I feel like this is a pretty straight bracket. Um, that's a, Maybe that's why I'm so focused on the Kansas and Kansas City thing is there's not much else in, on this side for me to, to really say anything about. Technically, Kansas City's in Missouri. It's actually in both. <laughs> For the record, there's a Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. So it's not that close. It's in Missouri. Uh, it's in both states. So. You know, Missouri's not that far either, Tyler. They, they, they are next dumb. to each other. <laughs> He's good at it. Just being dumb. And we love you for it. It's in but, but I mean, but I mean, is there anything else on this side of the bracket that really stands out to you? No, it's going to be two big blues, either Kansas and Kentucky or UNC and Kentucky. I mean, that's really the only big thing. Yeah, Wofford, I've heard a lot about Wofford. It's the same thing as Buffalo. People are going to overhype Wofford. They're going to pop like a bubble on a hot, sunny day, and uh, Kentucky's going to roll over them because um, think... Kentucky's always been good. And uh, Mr. What's his, uh, Rip? Uh, Cal Ripley, what's his freaking coach? John Calipari. Calipari. Yeah, Calipari. Calipari. Um, coach sounds like Calamari. I'll just call him Calamari. Call him Squid. Yeah, Squidward. Uh, Squidward, <laughs> he, does have, he does have a head like Squidward. It's pretty funny. We got Rat Face, you got the Squidward. Best thing to come out of this podcast tonight. We got to start figuring <laughs> out how to name these head coaches. What does the Michigan's head coach look like? He looks like Benjamin name. Button. Benjamin oh, Button. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what does Izzo look like? Uh, Izzo looks like he'd be, <laughs> Izzo looks like he'd be on a Macy's Parade float with his big head, just like floating. He looks like a billikin actually. You ever looked at a billikin before? Oh my oh, god! In that uh, in that what St. Louis is? It's St. Louis's mascot. Yeah, yeah, look at what a billikin is, and then put Izzo's face right next to it. Tell me they're not related. I mean, no, no, I I already know what they look like, and I, I can't say you're wrong. But... They gotta be related. Izzo's actually a billikin. <laughs> Fun fact of the day. Tell that to your friends. Oh my gosh. So anyway, <laughs> uh, 
could Iowa State challenge Kentucky? Because I don't. I think Iowa State handles either Houston or Georgia State. Actually, Georgia State could handle Houston, but um, I think they're a little overseeded as a three, to be honest. But I think Iowa State and Kentucky meet in the Sweet Sixteen. Could Iowa State beat Kentucky? I actually think Iowa State might lose in the first round to Ohio State. Hey-o. Really? Ohio State barely deserves to be there. I, I honestly don't think they deserve to be there. They might be the one team that I single out of here that says, why are you here? What? Iowa State has just not been playing well as of late, though. Didn't I mean, they... I feel like they've lost like quite a few matches. Didn't they win the Big 12 tournament? Uh, I actually did not watch the Big 12 tournament, but I mean, late in the season, they were not playing that well. What? Iowa I feel State like they're a high-scoring offense that falls off at the end. Ohio State's lost to Michigan State like three times. They've lost to Michigan. They beat Cincinnati. They lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Purdue. And they lost to Maryland twice. So, yeah. Ohio State is a bunch of garbage. Yeah. yeah, Iowa State won the Big 12 tournament. They beat Kansas by 12 points. So, right before that, they lost to Texas Tech, West Virginia, uh, Texas, TCU, Baylor, TCU, but how about this? Three days in a, three games in a row. They beat Baylor by seventeen. Uh, they beat number fifteen Kansas State, regular season Big Twelve champion by four, and then they beat Kansas for the tw- championship by twelve. So yeah, so they're hot they're, at the end. I'll give you that. They're coming in on that. Uh, I, I, on, they had a good conference tournament for sure. Come on, Mister Hot Stuff. Don't you like those hot streaks? I do, but I, I don't know. Like the conference tournament is one thing, and I like seeing runs in the conference tournament. I've also been burned by Iowa State probably yes. almost every year I've picked them out of the first round. So I am a little hesitant on them at the moment I as well. I have to give you that. They killed me the last couple of years. I've taken them like, yeah, the last like four or five years they've been in the tournament at least a few rounds and they die in the first or second. And I just, I don't know. Ohio State is always one of those teams that's hard to count them out. They always find one way to get a win or two here and there. So I don't know. I'm still not sure which way I go on this, but I am leaning Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State should be there. Now, I don't disagree with that. I mm-hmm. don't know if they should be here either. But at the same point, they're one of those teams that always finds a way to scrape through with a win, I feel like. We'll see. That'll be a fun one to pick, it sounds like. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm picking Iowa State. I don't even think it's close. I Yeah, I think I'm leaning toward Ohio State, but I'm curious how it shakes out. I got George Mason. Yeah, unfortunately, Mason did not make it once again this year. Sad. Rip. Okay, guys, anything else to touch on for March Madness before we wrap this one up? Uh, Well, I don't think we made our picks for who wins the South and who wins the Midwest. Oh, rip. Uh, Rip. I'm um, obviously picking Tennessee to win the South. Even if I don't 100% believe it's going to happen, I can't not pick them. As Drew says, the South rise again. I, I do not say that. That sounds like a Virginia thing, uh, if I'm going to throw that out there. Tennessee will rise from the grave. That'll work. After getting punished, pummeled, destroyed by Auburn. Yeah, it was horrible. They they looked like they weren't even there. Like, oh, it was terrible. It hurt. But anyway... I'm still saying they're going to win the South. So hurt real deep. Uh, this one's tough for me. So I'm between two teams. I'm between Tennessee and Villanova. I think if Villanova makes it past St. Mary's in the first round, I think Villanova is the one who comes out of this. Really? Like if they it. beat St. Mary's? Oh my 
I do. Like, I don't think they're going to have any trouble with a Purdue and ODU, a Cincinnati and Iowa. For me, it's I really like this Tennessee team. I put a lot of faith in them the last couple of years, and they've kind of let me down again. Um, but Tennessee is very talented. I just think they're still not quite there. Villanova has been here before. Obviously, different players, same coach. They know how to work their way through this tournament. They've done it two out of the last three years. For me, they're a very, very, very scary six seed. I'm scared of UNC a little bit. I'm a little hesitant. I like, I mean, UVA, Tennessee in the South. I'll go with Tennessee. Um, but I am definitely not 100% on UNC. I like Kentucky or even, I mean, Kansas, as shaky as their season is, um, I feel like the Midwest, if you had to be in a conference, the easiest or the easiest section, it would be the Midwest um, to play in. That has That's anybody's game. Well, not only that, but what Drew said as well, the fact that if Kansas continues to win through the first and second round, then they meet UNC in Kansas. So the fact that they're going to be so close to home for that key matchup is a very, very big factor to keep in mind as well. They're in Missouri. Either way, it's next door, my friend. Kansas City, it's Missouri is not a lot that closer far than North Kansas Carolina City, is. I don't, and I don't know who to pick in this one either, because I, I think it's either going to be UNC or uh, or Kentucky, and that will just be an amazing game for uh, for everyone. That's that that is a gift to the world if those two get to play each other. <laughs> But between the two, I think I would have to go with uh, probably with UNC. Just uh, I, I think their I think their crop of freshmen is better than Kentucky's crop of freshmen, and they have some more some more experience there that the Kentucky players don't. Uh, also, I just uh, did a little bit of a map search, and University of Kansas is located in Lawrence, Kansas. And it is a 43-minute drive from Lawrence, Kansas to Kansas City, Missouri. So I don't care if they're in different states. Uh, it's like you driving to the other side of D.C. And yeah, that's without but, traffic. Yeah, exactly, without traffic. So. <laughs> that's a hike. So it's a, it's a stone's throw for all those Kansas faithful to mob the arena and choke out the UNC Blue. But they won't. Uh, Kansas just isn't good enough. I mean, that and the injuries. Kansas definitely, with those key injuries coming in down the stretch, definitely are not going to help their chances. Yeah, and they had someone that was, like, ruled ineligible that they were hoping was going to get to play, and they had someone else, like, leave the team or get kicked off. It's it's just not been a good year for them. The fact that they're, they've done as well as they have has actually been really surprising and I think speaks highly of what Bill Self can do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of respect for, for them as a, as a program. They're, they're always a good team, but kind of okay with them not being on top this year. And I, I really will not be pulling for them to go far. Nothing personal. I just, it'll be nice to not have them be a threat. Yeah. Bill self has really coached them to be selfless in a sense, to really play for the team. So <laughs> I can't hold that one together. Uh, that will do it for episode 22 of come at me, bro. Thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Twitter at CAMB podcast. You can also shoot us emails at campodcast at otnmedia.org. Last but not least, if you'd like to support what we do here at OTN and support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash OTN. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. That's going to bust.
This podcast is part of the Overtime Network. Get more at OvertimeNetwork.com.